This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. back everybody to wrestling omakase it is episode number 152 and this week i am very pleased to be joined by a brand new guest hello sylvie hi happy to be here happy to talk about some dudes slapping the crap out of each other yeah that really was Um, that really was the theme this week i think yeah but like you know you asked for like a taste of what i what the wrestling that i'm into and that involves a lot of dudes hitting each other yeah (laughs) with oh we'll talk about shibata in a bit it's fine like you get it he's all over this episode (laughs) so for sure um as he should be yeah but definitely i think you and i i mean one of the things i guess i've noticed over the years i think you and i have a lot of the same favorite wrestlers so yeah at least with new japan because i know you branch out more but i'm kind of more just a new japan viewer i can't really i like i watch some uh stardom world now and then as well but um i can't really like keep up with more than one promotion at a time um but yeah like i know we're both like the big naito stands on my timeline yeah um and then like shibata and like you're a big ishi uh ishi fan as well right uh probably not as big as you but okay. i do yeah, like well him. yeah yeah but but Hiromu, he's my dad but we both love Hiromu. Hiromu, yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah so i think we like a lot of the same wrestlers and uh so i think that kind of worked out for this week's picks um it also is like a new an all new japan episode which we haven't had one yet since we started so very uh, very normal welcome very normy but uh i was so worried about being the most normy person on here i was like debating whether or not i couldn't like i was trying to find like a um I'm like a, I think I'm gonna fucking fuck up his name now and expose myself as a, I was, okay no I've got it I, I had it right I shouldn't have second guessed myself there was that like Masashi Takeda deathmatch that got like really big buzz last year that I really liked I can't remember who he was wrestling though so I couldn't find it for this <laughs> that would have been me trying a little harder to be cool but I decided not to it's yeah it's, it's, I'm sure this will probably do better numbers in some of the episodes that like had all these indie dudes no one's ever heard of so yeah. it works out uh 
before we get into, I guess, the matches and everything else going on, uh, I wanted to quickly plug the Wrestling Omakase Patreon. Uh, I'll try to keep it short since I've been doing it every week for a month now. But um, it's a great time to sign up. If you're listening to this on Monday the 29th when it's going up, uh, don't sign up. Because you'll get charged $5, and then you'll get charged <laughs> $5 again two days later. So wait until Wednesday. Wait until July 1st. Uh, you'll pay your 5 bucks. You'll get access to everything we did in June, um, which is, you know, we did nine episodes covering every Okada-Tanahashi match in order. Um, you know, we're, all, we're more than halfway done with that, so that'll continue in, into July. But if you weren't signed up in June, you'll get access to all those episodes, you know, the moment you sign up. Um, we did two full exclusive five match episodes of Omakase, uh, with Rich Krejci from the Voice of Wrestling flagship and with, uh, Alan Cunahan, Alan Farrell from the PW Torch. Those are both up there just for patrons. Uh, and again, if you sign up, you'll get those. Uh, we did a New Japan Cup pick We did two episodes of anime Omakase. Uh, the second one just went up on, uh, I don't. I, I forget how much you watch anime. I think you watch a decent amount. I, right? I'm like. I'm also like. I have a weird taste in anime. Okay. I'm like. I consider myself kind of a weeb, but I don't watch enough anime <laughs> to really actually pass the smell test. Do you have you ever seen the show Sakamoto Deska? Uh, haven't you heard of Sakamoto? No, I haven't. Okay, so that's the second thing we covered. We it just went up a few days ago, which was fun. It's like a. Kind of like this. It's like a high school comedy type of show. So yeah, okay, very, very fun show. So we, uh, you know, my girlfriend Nicole and I, we talk about that show. Uh, we break it all down for you and like you know discuss which episodes are worth watching and which ones aren't worth watching. So you know if you're you need to get through twelve episodes even faster, that might be a good way to do it. Uh, okay. So we have those two anime omakasis up there, and then July we'll have you know even more content. We'll finish up the Okada Tanahashi series. We'll start another series covering every match in order. Uh, we'll, you'll be able to vote on which which match uh, series we cover. So, I mean, the options are going to be, like, all involving Naito. It'll be either Naito Ishii, Naito Okada, Naito Tanahashi, or Naito Ibushi. So, if you're a patron, you'll be able to vote, and then you'll get to, you know, follow that along with us, which should be fun. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm kind of hoping people pick Naito Ishii. I really want to watch those matches again. That's, but, like, such... Those two have such good chemistry. Yeah. It's, like, it's nuts. Uh, I would also be fine with Naito Tanahashi, too. But, you know, yeah. the people will decide. So we'll see. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, so if you're a patron, you'll get to vote on that during July. Uh, we'll have two more five matches episodes, which um, seems like a good point to point, a good time to point out that if you're listening to this now and you love these five matches episodes, this is going to be the last one on the free feed for a while. Uh, so, Sylvia, oh, you're, wow. the, you're like, closing I'm it out honored. here. Yeah, you're closing it out here. But next week, we're going to go back to covering more, like, current wrestling since, uh, you know, there's actually going to be shows for fans again in Japan where a country that has, like, actually dealt with the coronavirus unlike America. I don't know how Canada's doing, but... Uh... You know, it's <laughs> it's weird. Uh, we're also starting to reopen, and it feels a little early, but I think we're doing it better than America. Yeah, it's a real fucking low bar, so... Yeah, exactly. It is very weird being in New York, because, uh, you know, like, things actually are kind of, like, chill here now. Like, they, they actually... Like, the virus cases are really, really low, and, you know, they've been very slowly reopening, and then you look at the news, and it's like, oh, the entire rest of the country is on fire. That's good. I'm sure that won't spill over here eventually. 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> totally. Not gonna happen. Uh, but yeah, so I, I interrupted my uh, page on my own Patreon plug. But yeah, so <laughs> if you like the five matches episode starting next week um, on the free feed, we're gonna be covering like more 2020 stuff. Uh, so you know it'll. It, the, free, the five matches episodes will continue, but they'll be on the Patreon. So if you like these episodes, sign up on July 1st. You'll get at least two of them during July, exclusive to the Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash wrestlingomikase. $5 a month, you get all that good stuff. So definitely check us out. And like I said, don't. I, I will feel really bad if anyone signs up on Monday or Tuesday. Wait until the f- July first. I don't need double your money. Just give Maybe me. They just it's like a little tip. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Maybe they're just trying to show that they appreciate the work you've been doing. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So we'll see. So what? But yeah, just my advice to you: if you don't know how Patreon works, sign up on Wednesday. Anyway, uh, so let's transition over. I guess to I guess what's been up lately? Like how are things going? up there in Canada. It's, you know, I mean, it's weird because I am currently looking for an apartment with my partner while there's a pandemic going on. Um, So that's been, like, really weird and stressful. Um, Are they they only doing, like, those, like, virtual tours? No, some places are doing in-person stuff, but it's all, like, six feet away. You have to be wearing a mask. You have, like disinfecting your hands all the time shit like that mm. like they are doing a lot of precautions because like you know they're trying to show that the place that you're going to be moving doesn't have the virus <laughs> as well i think yeah um but we should hopefully know about something by the time this episode's up so fingers crossed yeah i hope like where, where are you guys looking uh, just, uh, we're looking in sort of, like, the Toronto's, like, gay village area. Ah, okay. Um, because I'm, it's close to my doctor, and we're just looking for somewhere a little, like, safer for the two of us. Gotcha. But, yeah, we're, uh, I'm glad I'm not moving during pandemic. That sounds rough. Yeah, I know a few people who are doing it, and all of us have pretty much said, don't, you shouldn't, it's not a good idea. Can I ask you about something else, by the way? Um, Please. I wanted to ask you about Gundam Wing, because I heard oh you, God. I heard you on, uh, Oh god, what's the name of that Patreon? The Great Gundam Project. Yes, the Great Gundam Project. I couldn't yeah. remember it's called something else, but I I think you did what episodes one and two, right? I, no, I was episodes. I think I was three and four. Okay. I was pretty early, but uh, no, Austin Walker, who's on Friends of the Table with me, was episode one and two for them. Okay, I think that's also free on YouTube. So I did. They're I, friends. I have to plug them. They're, they're I mean, they're awesome. So definitely plug in. Yeah. Their Patreon, much better value than mine. It's only a dollar a month. So I have to give them the credit for that. But, uh, you know, the, the Gundam Wing Project, it's, it's like, I haven't listened to all of the Gundam Project because there's some shows. Like I can't listen to Double Zeta because I've never watched Double Zeta, but I wanna. Yeah, I wanna watch it eventually. My problem is but, like uh, I want to listen to like I don't want to go back to the beginning of it because I haven't watched original Gundam yet. That's like a big gap in my viewing because it's hard to find. Uh, I never movies. watched. I never watched the TV series either. I've, I've watched some movies, but yeah. I've never yeah, seen I've it. heard um, from like some people like yeah, the movies are fine, and then I've heard some people like be like. Oh yeah, no. Just watch the show. Just <laughs> it changes it too much. It's weird. So I don't know. I'm probably gonna watch um, watch the original one sometime and then check out the. It's called Gundam: The Origin, right? Uh, yes, that's like the. Yeah. It's like the pre the pre Gundam OVA, which I saw. Yeah. I haven't seen all of it, but I saw an episode of it uh, at Anime Expo last year. Actually, the premiere of it, oh, which yeah. was, it was really awesome. Um, 
But yeah, Austin Walker, he's cool. I saw him at Anime NYC last year when he was like he was hosting the panel with Tomino, and he like yeah. he like I've never seen somebody like and it it would be like if I was hosting a panel with Naito, I guess like that was yeah, basically it, <laughs> like just someone who knows their shit really well, but also like, is like almost like looks like they're gonna faint because oh yeah, <laughs> big fan for sure. Yeah, so it was it was very. I don't know if cute's the right word, but it was uh, I really hope you can host a panel with Naito someday. <laughs> just awesome. really quick. I want to just put that into the air for you. I got to I got to host a panel at Anime Boston with the director of of Gundam Wing, which is okay. uh, like kind of cool, but yeah, and he was very very nice. So, um I think that's like my biggest celebrity panel I've ever hosted at a con. Yeah, never. I've only like been. I've only done tiny bits on panels. I've never done an actual panel. I, I did. I've done mostly lots of fan panels, but then like one year, Anime Boston, they were running very low on like I guess people to help out with the guest panels, so they just started mm-hmm. asking like random like fan panelists if they could help. And I don't know. I don't know how I got that Gundam Wing gig, but it was pretty good. What, fucking why not though? Like good for you. <laughs> yeah, it was good. But yeah, Gundam Wing's awesome. I don't know why people I love it. People really there's some people out there that really hate it and I I don't really like get I it. I think I have like theories on that. I think one is it's because like it the dub is so silly and people kind of just remember that from I lo- like I love the dub though. <laughs> I love the dub, but it is very silly <laughs> and I feel like that's like most people's memory of it. Like my, that was mine of it for a while. Yeah. And also you know, when a series tends to be liked more by the girl members of a fan base, <laughs> for some reason, the, the general attitude of, towards that series tends to go down. Um, it's weird how that happens. Um, but yeah, basically what I'm saying is I feel like, at least to me, I, the, some of the like Gundam fans I knew in high school, they thought it was a little too gay, um, which is not a problem. That's the best part of it. I, I kind of agree. I think that's probably a large part of it. And, like, the hate for Relina has always been kind of, uh, I don't know, like, very... Yeah, there's always been <laughs> some weirdness there, especially because she is, like, a really fun character. She yeah. Does, she gets like... she gets actor, actual character development, which lots of women and lots of mech shows don't really get. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why... I mean, you know. I don't know why, like, that she has to be so... Like, yeah, she... You know, people really focus on the fact that she yells that one time for Hero to come kill her. And if you want to... It's a great It's a great line. But that's like in episode, I don't know, like episode eight or something. And she has an entire character arc for the rest of the series. And she she ends up queen of the world. I mean, it's a little... I don't know. It's not really... uh, (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't really sum up her character. But... God, I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I need to finish my rewatch. <laughs> she, I've been trying to like keep up with their show, so uh, like I'm sorry if I spoil. Like, I'm sorry if I kind of spoiled you on something you forgot about. <laughs> fine, I've seen it before. I know, like, but it's just like nudging a memory. Yeah, she ends up queen of the queen of the planet Earth, which is one of the, you one know what, good for her. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it's. I mean, they're the only like minor flaws I have with the show are like all stuff that nobody ever talks about. Like I don't know, White White Fang is kind of stupid, and the last little arc at the end isn't the greatest. But uh, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's still a really awesome show. And it's one of those shows that like really, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm probably very biased towards because I probably wouldn't be a fan of any of this stuff without it. But uh, you know, 
it's uh I think it deserves the popularity it gets, but yeah, and I'm hoping that like there is sort of a I feel like I don't know. It probably is just the echo chamber of my Twitter timeline, but I do feel like the positive uh, reactions to that show are sort of re- increasing as yeah. time goes on. I think people are reevaluating it and stuff, so. Yeah. But you know what show does not deserve to be reevaluated positively is Gundam Seed. Uh, no, can, not at all. Which can go um, fucking south. I hate yeah, that fucking I, show. I couldn't make it through that. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, Original Seed is bad enough and uh also very misogynistic but it, that was see <laughs> sorry i just want to make sure seed was the one where they were trying to do the like team of five pilots again thing no no right? no, that's double o that's double o okay yeah double o is so. great i get those two mixed up a lot double o is great i love double o i mean the second okay. the second season is not near, anywhere near as good as the first but it's good seed is the one where it's basically just a remake of the original and I don't know, except with, like, more teen drama thrown in and uh, the Flay character re- is very problematic, honestly. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's just a... It's just a... I mean, Original Seed is a bad show that, like, I think people... Some people would really like. And then Seed Destiny, is, the sequel, is, like, honestly, maybe the worst anime I've ever seen. <laughs> it's really... Like, it's, it's so bad it makes Seed worse in hindsight, kind of. So... Like, Sea Destiny is really awful. That's uh, rough. Yeah. I mean, I that one, I have finished a lot of shows that I didn't like, and I could not finish Sea Destiny because it's just so, <laughs> it is so awful. But Okay. Well, I'm going to skip that one, then. Yeah, don't watch, don't watch either Seed if you've never seen original Seed either. Yeah, it's no, pretty, I... It's pretty terrible. But uh, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm kind of looking forward to when the, when the Gundam Project people get to, get up to that one. I will listen to them without watching that show again. I just want to hear what they think of it. And I'm, I am definitely not. I, uh, you know what? I am actually very curious <laughs> to know what they think of some of the later era Gundam stuff. Because yeah. it it's, sometimes it hits and sometimes it really, really, really misses. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not going to. Uh, try to watch along with them on that one. They can have fun. <laughs> they're getting they're getting my dollar a month to sacrifice themselves by watching Seed. God. But anyway, so let's get into these wrestling matches. First of Hell all, yeah. uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Katsuyori Shibata from New Japan for Wrestling on August 4th, 2013 in the 2013 G1 Climax. Uh, this is your first pick. And I, yeah. us- I usually tell people to, like, you know, introduce the match and why you picked it. But this is kind of a this real... This is famous. Yeah, it's a real needs-no-introduction match. The reason I I can say why I picked it, at least, and it's, like, this is, like, one, this is just, the like, condensed... This is, like, what I like from wrestling. This is just... It is basically that Big E video of him talking about wanting to wrestle Goldberg, the two slabs of meat slapping together. Um... But it's also, like, one of the first New Japan matches I ever saw. Uh, Like, this is, like, the second or third New Japan match I saw. The first one was uh, an Ibushi versus Shinsuke match, I think, from the same tournament. Yeah, 2013. uh, Which was also really good, but I wanted wanted to be, like, happy about my New Japan nostalgia, so I kept Shinsuke out of my picks. (laughs) Um... Because it's too sad to think about. We've co- we've covered him a lot on this show, so it's not. I it's, bet. Yeah, it's he okay. used to be great. He used to be um, awesome. But this is also like when I was like trying to um, 
figure out a way to like describe this because I was like trying to think of like a quick easy way to sort of sum up the appeal of this match and it's this entire match is a guitar solo <laughs> you know that, I mean? that, that, yeah that definitely definitely works that metaphor like uh, pretty much like this is the one where right from the beginning they just leap at each other and start knocking the shit out of each other and it is like you could just put like it's like the devil may cry uh five soundtrack underneath this or something like you this this feels like two men trying to murder each other, which is a very cliche thing to say about uh, like like Japanese wrestling. I find because they because they chop louder tends to be the reason why people say that. But with this one, Shibata's literally got like towards the end, Ishii in a chokehold, and Ishii's like spitting up, just like nondescript, just like weird phlegm yeah. while this guy's choking the life out of him. <laughs> it. It's it's like almost scary at times, and that's what I love about it. Well, it's what I love about Shibata too. And like I said, we'll probably talk about him a lot today. Yeah. But, um, this like I immediately just fucking like got these guys. <laughs> when the well, you talked about the motherfuckers, you talked about the mm-hmm. start of the match, and like the greatest part to me is like they they're both they look like they're in an Olympic track and field race or something. Like they're both yeah. leaned over and they're getting ready. They're waiting for the gun. They're waiting for the gun. And then the bell rings, they just fucking charge right at each other. And the crowd just goes completely crazy. It does so much for it because it like from the fucking get go, the entire crowd is just like, like vibrating with this energy when they see how these guys are. And it like, they just managed to kind of keep that consistent throughout this. Uh, it is very short, which I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think because of that, they it doesn't really feel like they like lose them at yeah. any point. You know, I mean, th- I don't think it's an overstatement to say that's the best start of a wrestling match ever. I think yeah. <laughs> it's just so probably great. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they just beat the fucking piss out of each other. Um, at one point early on, Shibata like he he boots Ishii down with like the running big boot, and then just like kicks him like he's a horse as he's he... falling the mat. Oh my god! <laughs> there is so much just like Shibata <laughs> the shit that he does to Ishii with his feet in this match is so violent. Yeah. Um, I. Like every time one of these guys got into the corner, it um, I basically had to brace for impact because someone was gonna get a, either like a really hard lariat or a like boot to the face. Yeah. Or I think no, I don't remember. I don't. I'm. I'm. So I had to watch this on the New Japan app because my uh, it's the only thing I have it on other than my computer, and my bedroom is way too hot to spend five hours watching wrestling in. No, it wasn't five hours. That's way too. Anyway. Um, so I don't have a ton of notes, so I might occasionally mix up things that happened in the other Shibata match here. Uh, um, I have a lot of notes. It's okay. Ask. I can. Terrible. I can. I can let you know if you've got anything. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, there's a really famous scene early on where like Ishii, he like keeps screaming in Shibata's face while Shibata is like elbowing the shit out of him, and like yes. as he's going, he, he's basically like the movie monster that won't die, and he just keeps screaming and screaming, and then. Finally, he like like uh, slumps down to the corner. Which like by the time Shibata is 
like Shivana is not the heel here, but like no, he is being so brutal in this corner that the crowd actually starts booing him. Which is like, I think, like I think that is actually kind of one of the cool things about this match is that like the the response to it becomes so organic because there is the story is just a fight. Um, like like you said, like the audience just reacts because Shabbat is being so violent. Yeah. Um, and they, I don't know. I like that. I'm, I've recently, uh, as I've become more jaded with wrestling, I realized that I like it more when they tell the story by hitting each other, as opposed to doing big faces at the camera. <laughs> um, yeah. And Shibata was the master at that, and I miss him. The faces at the camera wrestling, uh, aka NXT. I don't. I mean, <laughs> the Gargano special. <laughs> the Gargano special. I was honestly <laughs> thinking of Omega, if I'm being honest, but well, that might be a little too. That's mean. A, that is another face at the camera wrestler. Although I, I will be fair, I, I haven't not I have not seen a Kenny Omega match in like six fucking months, so he could be doing UWFI for all I know at this point. Like. So yeah, I can't, I can't tell you what he's doing. I, I think it seems it seems more like uh, watered down PWG tag matches, from what I can tell. Yeah. But again, I'm mostly just going off gifts. Yeah. Uh, AEW fans, please don't bully me online. Uh, they, they, those people, the AEW fans do not listen to the show. No Good, because <laughs> they, they've heard it. We bury them enough, probably. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> no, I trust me. I've long since run off those people. Don't worry. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, there's like a. A, a really awesome spot where Ishii tries to hit Shibata with his own penalty kick, which really just seems to really piss Shibata off. As he oh, like, yeah. He like catches Ishii's foot coming in, and then absolutely, absolutely levels him with a lariat. Which you can, it's hard to call a lariat Ishii's move, but it kind of is. It kind of is. Yeah. Like his finisher, like even was like a lariat for a long time. Yeah, uh, like the sliding one, right? Uh, kind of used it, and he yeah. like he kind of used it interchangeably in tournaments with like the Brainbuster. Yeah, that's probably um, fair. But like, there is something of, of like there when Shibata catches his foot after that kick. There is so, like you you know JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, right? I feel uh, like I don't need to even ask. I that. watched. I know I've I only watched like. 10 episodes I would believe it or not really for yeah. some reason I got it in my mind that you were like more familiar with it yeah. you know the like menacing like characters that show up behind guys when they do something right sure in Jojo yeah it basically just reminded me of that like there's just like a dark aura coming off of Shibata <laughs> <laughs> he's ready to murder Ishii yeah, he's really mad um there's there's like a big german suplex that shibata hits on him and like drops him right in his head but ishii of course no sells it and hits his own but shibata also no sells but ishii <sighs> but there's a great moment where the basically so shibata no sells it and but almost like ishii is ready like he and immediately drops him with this gigantic lariat and it's almost like i know you're gonna no sell this fucking german suplex asshole it's, it's so. just like two fed up motherfuckers that are like this asshole is gonna get right up right after the suplex it's like i know you're not gonna sell for me but yeah uh, um he then basically just tells shibata to like hit him again as they both get back up and they trade these elbow strikes and shibata you know puts him down with this big middle kick but ishii kicks out of one and Shibata hits the rope with a PK, and Ishii just kills him with another lariat, but Shibata kicks out at one as well. And you can hear Nogami on commentary just screaming, count to one, over and over and over again. It's oh my god, Nogami during this match <laughs> is great. Like, the, like, I don't really, like, 
I don't speak Japanese, so I mostly just get it when I, for like when the crowd is yelling or the few phrases I understand. But like, I I worry about like his throat after this. <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah, he's uh he's pretty fired up. <laughs> so there's like yet another elbow exchange, and then uh, Ishii just kind of screams at him, to hit, at him to hit him again, and then Shibata hits a sick headbutt, which you know I wish he wouldn't have done the headbutt. Oh god, it that is one of those things where it's like watching this back when he does the headbutt, I'm like ah don't. <laughs> and then Ishii goes for the brainbuster. Shibata counters with his own sick headbutt. Both guys collapse, and they do the big double knockout tease. But both guys get back up, and Shibata immediately grabs him in a headlock from behind. And yeah. that's where we get... You talked about this earlier, the spitting up spot. Oh, it's Ishii, so gross. It's really gross, but it's really great. Because, oh, it's like, fantastic. It's like, like, he, she looks like a big, evil baby. Um, <laughs> that's like, A big, evil baby. It's a great way to put it. It's true, though. Like, he, he's spitting up. It's true. He's like, just, baby's got to spit. Uh, but yes, Ishii, he makes the ropes, Shibata kicks him, Ishii, you'll be shocked to learn, no sells his kick, and hits an enzigiri, and you'll be shocked to learn Shibata also no sells it, uh, hits a dive, he hits this, like, fucking, I wrote down diving knee attack, but it's, it's not like a diving knee attack like you see in wrestling, it's more just like he throws his fucking knee at this man's head. Yeah. It looks like he's just fed up, he's like, sell something! It's it's so sick. It's so good. <laughs> and then he hits another middle kick. Uh, Ishii gets up and immediately hits a huge lariat for another one count. Another huge lariat, but Shibata kicks out too. And then Ishii finally gets the brain buster and, you know, gets it for the pin. It's the perfect finish because Shibata, like, he gives it everything he has right until the end, but just keeps coming up the tiniest bit short from that last flurry. Uh, and like you said, this is a pretty short match. I think it's only, like, what, 11 minutes, right? 11? Yeah, like very short um, uh, I think like I, I yeah I think bell to bell it's like 11 10 minutes or something I think yeah. the video on New Japan World's like 13 yeah. 14 so um, uh, I mean I've seen this match by now about a trillion times and it's always a perfect 5 stars for me it never gets old Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you're a star rating person or not but I it's definitely a 5 star match for me I used to be I'm like way more lenient about it now I'm just like yeah that was sick 5 stars yeah. I'm like I don't really get precious about it. Um, But that's one where I, even if I was talking to people who are like really like particular about it, I feel like they wouldn't get mad at me for saying this one's a a fucking classic. I mean, I've seen some people be like, oh, it's too short to be five. And it's like, fuck off. Those people people love Kenny then. Uh, That sounds like the type of people who (laughs) love some Kenny Omega. They really want to watch a... 45 minute match feature length film they want to watch fucking avengers endgame in a wrestling ring uh but yes for two guys just beating the absolute shit out of each other and having the big mean tough guy match uh i mean this is like the masterpiece of the genre i don't i don't know yeah no like it's 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 incredible (laughs) i I just i totally forgot by the way until i scrolled down that our next match is kenny Omega. (laughs) Yeah, no, we're, we're making fun of him. Kenny Omega. <laughs> it's a great match that he's in. Like, yes. he's great in this match. I'm about to say a lot of nice things about Kenny Omega. <laughs> but I totally forgot, and we've been owning him all this time. It's hard not to. Uh, he's the gamer wrestler. Like, he's, he is the gamer. That is true. Do you? Oh, do you know what we we just talked about this at the? This came up a lot on the uh, on the Super J Cast Discord the other day. Do you? Did you know? 
Do you remember the nickname he gave himself after he won the 2016 G1? Oh no, I don't. Okay, uh, you got it. Don't remember you, this. You need to be. You might want to sit down for this one. Uh, we've co- we've covered we've covered this on Omakase before, but I just had to had to give it to you. The Shin Nihon Shawn Michaels. No. <laughs> he oh. said that out loud at a fucking. How can a man be this crazy? <laughs> He said that out loud at a New Japan press conference. He looked in the camera and said, I'm the Shin Nihon Shawn Michaels. So, that's Kenny Omega. Uh, I don't <laughs> like him. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I like you. Sorry, I think I, I uh, stepped over you. Oh, Final thoughts. I had, on like, you. one last thing, yeah. which was just, like, this. I watched this match when I was getting, like, back into wrestling from when I was, like... Like, I watched, like, WWE when I was, like, a kid, and then I stopped for a while, and I started watching it again during, like, the Daniel Bryan run, and then I stumbled across this during that, and it ruined, (laughs) it fucking ruined the WWE for me. (laughs) Like, uh, it, it, I wish I could go, I could once again experience the feeling of seeing this for the first time after having to watch fucking, like... God, what else was on? Because that was, aside from the Daniel Bryan stuff, because I'm going off that WrestleMania, because that's the this time frame I have. Uh-huh. Aside from that, garbage show all around. I don't remember anything. What, what was 2013 WWE? I like uh, I could... so I watched this. I watched this like the year a year later. I oh, okay. it on like YouTube. Actually, I probably caught it on Daily Motion or RuTube. Um, shout out. But WrestleMania 30, WrestleMania 2013 was the one where uh, twice in a lifetime, The Rock versus John Cena again, which like even worse, even worse than WrestleMania 30. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's uh, I don't. I I honestly, yeah, I don't. I don't know. You shouldn't. I don't know anything about that. I mean, look, I, I I could tell you like chapter and verse everything that happened in WWE up to like. 2007 and then everything after that is just like one big blur like that's kind of like pretty much what happened to me with yeah. like 2014 2015 like i casually watched it up until like a few um like like 2018 i guess ish it got like it was more just like a social thing at that point anyway fucking i can't remember shit about it aside from like bray wyatt's in a corn music video now that's apparently it. yeah so uh anyway we can get let's go to the second let's get match. back to good wrestling yeah uh tetsuya naito versus kenny omega from new japan pro wrestling on august 13 2017 it's like i said i totally forgot that uh <laughs> that you that this is like um I totally forgot that I picked a Kenny Omega match while we were, like, you know, brutally owing Kenny Omega. To but be he, fair, your reasoning for picking this match that you gave me did not involve Kenny Omega at all. Yeah. It, it was, why don't we watch Naito win a tournament? Yeah, it was basically like, look, once you gave me your picks first and you went all New Japan with your picks, I figured, may as well yeah. do the same thing. And, uh, you know, it's basically, you know, like, why not just like also like why not make a happy episode where we talk about our favorite sporting things and Hell yeah. like we talked about earlier, you know there's been enough like you know stu- bad shit in wrestling lately. So happy oh my God. happy yeah. episode, and also I can humble brag about being at this match. <laughs> so okay, yeah, this good is thing like, to brag about. Honestly, this is like one of the most electric matches I've ever attended because like 
the crowd and you, I, it really does come across on TV too. So I don't think it's something you had to be there for. But like the crowd, the crowd like was so into this final. Like the moment they, the match is like even about to happen, everybody's just like fucking going crazy. And both guys had tons of fans in the building who wanted to see their guy pull this one out. So like the atmosphere is incredible. Uh, I was sitting up in the balcony, like on the right on the I think in the first or second row of the balcony. And we were sitting right next to a bunch of Japanese Bullet Club fans pulling for Kenny. And they basically looked at me and my LIJ stuff, you know, but, but being a white person as like a traitor. Like that was that was the vibe I got was I they looked at me like they see a white person coming and they think uh, I'm going to be a Kenny Omega fan. And they were not happy with, oh my with God. me cheering for Naito. So that was the vibe I always got from them. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Yes. So you got to stand by your like truth though, and you're on the correct side of history, personally speaking. Yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do? Um, but yeah, so the, the the crowd is very, like it's a it's a very split crowd, which makes which is one of the reasons why I love this match so much because like, you know, the crowd is just so into both guys, and they're so mm-hmm. into cheering their guy and booing the other guy. So it really makes for a very unique atmosphere, much more in the previous year, which we we covered the. 2016 match uh, about a month or so back and like that crowd is much more just behind Naito but at this point yeah. at this point Kenny's got way more of his fans in the building um or before I the think match that helps honestly like I mean I that is what we're saying is that it helps that Kenny has it here but like I remember like at the time being annoyed I was like why do these people need to appreciate Naito more because I am that type of a rational wrestling fan when it's happening live mm-hmm. um but going back to it ever since, I'm like, yeah, this would have sucked if people were just booing Kenny the whole time. Yeah. I mean, it's like, they, they're very much really into Kenny, so... Yeah, yeah he was, like, worked. really hot at the time, right? This was before his title run, though? Yeah. Yeah. So this is, like, this is right... I mean, he's coming off losing... Or not losing, the 60-man the draw with Okada at Dominion, and then he just yeah. finally beat Okada in that G1 match the night before... I think the night before... I think he was the Yeah, boy. so this was like peak Kenny, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I honestly, like, I think in terms of qu- like match quality, probably pretty up there too. I think like this match in particular kind of shows that he was like really at the top of his game well, uh, during I, this. Like, I don't know if you agree yeah. on this hot take. I've always thought the Naito uh, Kenny matches were way better than the Kenny Okada matches. But... I so it it dep- I I think I'm kind of on that, but. I think that like sometimes the Naito Kenny matches stress me out too much because they, they like Ishii and Shibata they try to kill each other. Um, I don't. It wasn't this match in particular, but there's one with like a neckbreaker through a table that Naito loves to do that went like I think he did it on an announce table or something, and it looked really gnarly. <laughs> it just stressed me out for the entire match. Um, this one doesn't have as much of that. Yeah. Uh, thankfully. It does have a lot of mean neckbreakers, which I always love, but... Yeah. I mean, there is something... I like... Just to say about the Okada thing, I do kind of think I prefer the Okada-Kenny, like, story, quote-unquote. I think Mm -hmm. that they, like... I don't know. I'm thinking about it now. I'm thinking about it more now, actually. And they got pretty self-indulgent towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the early ones were so good, though. Like, uh, for, like I really one. liked the match that went to the draw. 
Oh, really? I didn't. I didn't love that one. We talked. About I liked that one, it. Right? I remember really liking it at the time. Yeah. Uh, though I'm sure, actually, going back, if you looked for my tweets, you'd probably find me bitching about Kenny losing or something because I was cringy as fuck. Mm. Um. Well, we all have. You know? We all have. Uh... Our past, our I was past deep days. into my like Okada needs to stop winning so much bag for a while, and it's really embarrassing because I love that dude now. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I'm glad. I think he does. I think he did need a break from the title. It's good that he's getting on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so that before the match even starts, there's a great moment where like Kenny, he's fucking aiming his finger gun at Naito, and Naito like basically notices this. And like puts his eyeball right up to the gun, like really bitch. And it's oh, such a great, it's so good. It's such a great moment because he's basically like daring him. It's like go ahead and fire your finger gun, you fucking dork. Naito uh, is <laughs> really good at making his opponents look silly. Yes, um, it's his primary skill, and it is why I love him so much. Yeah, he is uh, definitely definitely very good at that. Uh, the Kenny fans get like very very mad at Naito and he won't lock up with them to start, and it's like. Uh, hello, is this your first day here? Like, this is what he does in every match. Have you, have you ever wrestled this? You've wrestled him before. Wait, he's definitely wrestled Maito before, too. Yeah, and I'm like, why are the Kenny fans getting, like, so outraged about this? I'm like, the, you, you, you have to have seen a Naito match before. I don't know what to tell you. But they're very, they're very angry. And then Kenny does the same thing back to him, which then gets the Naito fans to boo Kenny. And it's, it's like, really good. Well, that's good. But like uh, now, I, I kind of feel like my fellow Naito fans are being a little hypocritical here. Like, come on, <laughs> we have, we can't, we can't, uh, we have to stand up for anyone's right to not lock up. I don't uh, know. I, <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I agree that uh, we, as a people, need to respect the right to not lock up. I agree. However, uh, I do think Kenny looked really funny after he did it because I think right after he does the eye taunt and it looks like the way he's contorting his face is so weird. Oh yeah, he he looks like the biggest dork of all time. Like that's it's my so that's funny. my exact note here. It says Kenny rips off Naito's eye pose and manages to look like the biggest dork of all time in the process. So makes a very Kenny face, and you know people have seen Kenny Omega know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a, a cool little exchange where Naito like uses Kenny's own momentum against him to toss him out of the ring by his hair and then does like this the tranquilo fake out dive which Kenny really flinches for like over the top flinches like puts his arms up like ah this man is about to dive on me and it's like again buddy you've wrestled this man before <laughs> like what are you doing but uh yeah, they both end up on the floor where Kenny Kenny hits a young Japanese woman in the front row with a gate. It looks like and apologizes. So good for him. And then he yeah. hits he hits Naito with a moonsault after he leaps onto the railing. Um, they end up on the apron and then Naito hits this like really nice sweep kick from inside the ring and these two brutal neck breakers. Like you just brought up the neck breakers. Like one's As, like. One's there is like so sorry. There's so much like vitriol and like all the neck breakers in this <laughs> match. It's really good. Like one is on the apron, and the other one is from the apron to the floor, and like mm-hmm. the one for the apron to the floor especially just looks like he kills him. Yeah, uh, it's it's so fucking brutal. Yeah. Um, and I also thought the the moonsault off the um, off the barricade there. Oh no, I'm getting this mixed up with something else. I'm getting this mixed up. I got this mixed up with another match. I thought someone looks like they hurt their ankles, one of their ankles later, and it does not come up, and I was just worried about them the entire time, but it wasn't in this match. My bad. Okay. 
so they trade strikes, and then Naito takes back over in the ring. There's an awesome spot where he he teases the Tranquilo fake out dive again, but he like lands like he's gonna lay down and rolls through the fake out. He gets right back up and hits the tope suicider for real. It's a fake fake out. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. I lost my shit when I saw that. Um, also, just like the speed with which he moves through the roll to get to the actual dive is just like, man, this man's scrambling right now. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, Naito does a great job of selling almost like when he actually cares, I guess. And he, I guess you could tell he actually cares here. Um, yeah. He, <laughs> that is kind of the problem with him. Yeah. Uh, he follows up with this, like, crazy pile driver, which I honestly can't tell. I mean, I don't think they were supposed to do it like this. I think they, they just kind of fell off the table and it ended up being a pile driver off the table to the floor when it was supposed to be a pile driver on the table. And I can't tell if Kenny seriously hurt if he's, if he's just selling, but I think he probably did bang his head on the railing or something. It looked pretty brutal. So. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked. There's, again, like I said, these guys are, like, they're very ambitious with what they want to do uh, when they wrestle each other, especially with these this sort of spot. And, like, it always ends in something that I find very, like, I'm very into both just, like, from an aesthetics perspective and also from a wrestling storytelling perspective. Like, oh, these guys are murdering each other. The classic story of wrestling you'll find. Um, and, but like, I I'm kind of glad Kenny left New Japan so Naito doesn't die in a match with him sometime. Yeah, I mean, it definitely they felt enable like, each other. It definitely felt like that was the direction we were going. So you know, uh, back in the ring, Naito hits a German suplex hold for two. He gets the combination combination cabron in the corner. I can't speak Spanish. I'm sorry, but Kenny like <laughs> kind of kicks his way out of it by like just propelling Naito up in midair when he tries that last like you know outside in kick, which mm-hmm. is great. Uh, it's a great little counter. And then the Kenny fans try to fire him up with the dorky Terminator clapping. Uh, which, you know, I never, never not hated. And then he, he it kind of works, though, because he takes control with uh, Chops and a running backbreaker, and the Naito fans come back with their own big chant, and it you know really does feel like you're at a fucking football game or something, you know? It's it just, really good. Yeah. Like, I... It is, it is one of those, like... I one of the reasons why I got into New Japan was because the crowd when it's like this is so sick and like I think that is like not a thing that's uncommon in other promotions like the crowd can really enhance it for people but it is my specific style of like crescendo building and this match is really good at it um just like everything about the presentation is really good I managed to watch this match with Don Callis on commentary and not notice uh, because everything else was so good, yeah. So like, I don't know what else I can say. I watched the Japanese. I definitely watched the Japanese. Should I should have done that. Yeah, um, there. Yeah. Kenny like basically stays on him from here and hits like this huge backdrop that looks pretty nice. And then the Naito fans, you know, again start chanting loudly for him again. And the Naito starts firing backward strikes. Kenny catches him on one, hits the you can't escape Finley roll, but Naito. Uh, because Kenny announces what he's doing when he yells that you can't escape, <laughs> Naito is ready for the moonsault and, like, stops him on the second rope. Why more people can't, like, recover the counter? Like, he tells you what he's doing! 
Uh, anyway, so he hits it, uh, this awesome neckbreaker, again with the neckbreakers, where he leaps off the second rope. So he's on the rope, Kenny's on the turnbuckle, Naito jumps off the rope, grabs his head in midair, and then brings him down to the mat. It looks awesome. So It's really sick. Yeah. Then there's like a another, he hits the uh, Cabron thing for the sec- on the second attempt, just as we hit the 15-minute mark. Uh, Kenny comes back with a nice standing Rana, and then he does the Terminator dive with the Young Bucks, unfortunately leading the crowd and clapping um i will say credit to this match for not having much young bucks involvement <laughs> i always like i always worry about that in new japan even though that wasn't as much of a thing towards the end with them yeah uh it's it's still uh, they, they kind of me. they kind of stayed in the ring of honor for a lot towards the end so yeah good, good. and i'm glad i'm glad <laughs> they did uh naito comes back with this gigantic swingy ddt like um Oh, actually, I missed something. So after the Terminator dive, he does this big missile drop kick back in the ring, which is a great missile drop kick by Kenny. I have to have to give the gamers due. And then there's a there's a great sequence where Naito tries to come back, and they they both like duck each other's strikes, and, and it ends with Kenny just like dumping him right on his head with a double of German, which looks sick as hell. Uh, and then Naito finally comes back with the gigantic swinging DDT, kicking off the ropes after he moved out of the way of a V trigger and like tried his own German suplex, but Kenny landed on his feet. So it was an awesome little sequence. And then he set Kenny up on the top rope for the top rope Rana. But Kenny just drops down to the mat and then in one motion, like, fucking shoves Naito by his ass. Like, by his ass, right into the turnbuckle. It looks brutal. I'm just like, oh, uh, he looks like he could have broken his fucking neck. Yeah, it's fucked. Like, it's it's a really good spot because, like, as far as I'm aware, nobody got hurt from it. But, like, it's another fucking stressful thing that these two men are doing to each other. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a pretty sick spot. Uh, I'm moving my microphone over because... Can you hear this music outside? These people are very loud. No, I can't okay. hear it. Well, that's good. So I hopefully hope, it's not coming, hopefully it's not coming in, yeah. Uh, but but if, if it is, we got background music. <laughs> we got background music. Uh, so Naito... Oh, so where am I now? Okay, so... He just pushed his ass into the turnbuckle. That's right. And then Kenny try, follows it up with a, half, a snap half Nelson suplex. And then the V-trigger. But Naito kicks out just as we get the 20-minute call. Uh, Kenny tries to hit a powerbomb on Naito. But Naito turns it into a snap DDT in midair. Which looks amazing. Um, you know, really great spot, honestly. And then yeah. Kenny, like... He fights his way out of Naito's first attempt at Gloria. So Naito hits his awesome Enzigiri. Which I wish he would do that more nowadays. Maybe he just can't... Maybe his knee can't, like, do it the, yeah. the leap anymore. But his Enzigiri's are awesome. Hits this huge diving forearm, which is another movie doesn't do as much anymore. And Kenny takes, like, this enormous bump for. And then Naito does hit Gloria, which Kenny, of course, lands right on his neck for. But then Kenny counters the Destino into the reverse Gonzo Bomb, where he just drops Naito right on his fucking neck again. And it's like, these two I- men have a oh. death wish. <laughs> it, they do, but if I'm, I would be lying if I didn't think it was sick as hell. Yeah, like it, like it looked fucking gnarly, um, but it was a really cool spot. I, Naito, I'm sorry for enjoying watching you die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we got a really infamous spot. So Kenny and Naito are up on the top rope, and Kenny just like very quickly DDTs Naito's fucking face into the post now i can tell you in the building we all thought this was a fuck up and they just slipped and nearly died 
which is why oh. which is why it gets very little reaction. We could not tell that it was actually something they were ten- they were intending to do. Yeah, when watching it back okay. on watching it back on tape, I'm like 90% sure they did hit the move exactly as they intended. They're, they're idiots. Yeah. They're complete morons no. for doing this fucking move, but they intended to do this move. But it's not it a great works on camera, I yeah. think. But it... like, no, yeah, for it, it, it really does feel weird when everyone's just kind of like, huh? Yeah, in the building, it was like we all thought they fucked up and almost died. Like that was basically what it looked like to us. So, um, yeah, not a great. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates. It's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh hey look at some random cards whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network great move because it doesn't get much of a reaction but probably hurt like fucking hell so let's i'm glad they never did that one again uh, Kenny then tries to follow up with a powerbomb off the top, but Naito turns it into a Rada in midair, and that looked cool as hell. Like, one of the best, like, midair Rana counters probably of all time. It was just such a cool counter. Um, oh, yeah. We hit the 25-minute mark. Naito hits the top rope reverse Rana on Kenny, but Kenny kicks Was that out. the one that landed kind of awkward? Yeah, he just lands right on his yeah. neck. Yeah. Yeah, that one looked rough. Yeah. 
Uh, Naito heads up top and goes for the Stardust Press, but Kenny rolls out of the way. And Naito should have learned his lesson on that before going forward at the Dome. <laughs> January 4th yeah. also. Yeah. <laughs> but, not, he's a slow learner. <laughs> well, he, he didn't learn it at all, because he did it again in 2020. And at <laughs> least he fucking hit it this time. It's <laughs> yeah. true, actually. He's, he did not learn his fucking <laughs> lesson. He just got proven right. Yeah. But uh, not a slow learner, just not a learner at all. Then Kenny hits the <laughs> double under icon. icon. Kenny hits the double underhook power driver for two. He hits two straight V triggers, but Naito Naito blocks the third, but like Kenny fights through and then hits it anyway because God forbid he he missed a chance to hit a knee. <laughs> I will say I think it's at this point there's one knee that's like they sh- they're shooting it like basically. Um, like from Naito's eye level almost <laughs> and the way you see Kenny's knee just like hit his head and the way Naito sells it is fucking sick yeah. uh, in both definitions of the word <laughs> uh, and then Kenny hits this deadlift doctor bomb for a really really close near fall uh, and the crowd is like absolutely losing their shit now with a gigantic mm-hmm. Naito chant uh, Kenny hits yet another V-trigger, but then, unfortunately, they have their one little mess up down the stretch. Uh, Naito is supposed to be reversing the one-winged angel attempt right after that into a reverse Rana, but they don't pull it off as smoothly as they would like to. Um, it looks like Kenny kind of stumbles and they go over awkwardly. It's not a disaster by any stretch, but I'm sure it was not what they intended. So um, Naito then hits the Destino, but Kenny kicks out too. He tries another Destino, but Kenny blocks and tries to pull him in for the One-Winged Angel. And they turns it into what I think he calls the Kreutz Wrath. That, like, yeah. Yeah, the Germans, the delayed German suplex. So that's kind of I cool. love that move. It is a really like, cool move. That's sick as hell. I, I remember, I think, when I first watched this, I was like, oh, Kenny's winning. He hit Kreutz Wrath. <laughs> yeah. He got to hit his old move. That means <laughs> he's winning. Uh, then, he, then he hits a... Um, you know, it's the Rainmaker wind up into the V trigger. Then yet another, which is yeah, what a dork. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what a dork. And then he hits another V trigger and then goes for the One Winged Angel again. But Naito turns it into the Destino midair and absolutely oh. drops him on his fucking head. That was so sick. Uh, both men are now down. We get the double knockout tease, which who knows what happens to the G1 climax if there's a double knockout. Third place gets it. Right? <laughs> yeah. They have to determine a match between the two losers. And and Tanahashi that- Okada. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> God. Don't I can't give Ghetto any ideas. I can't. Uh, and then, yeah, so that was fucking crazy. Both men are now down. Uh, they get the double knockout, like I just said. And then they both get back up. They There's a chop and form exchange. It's a little oddly placed here for me. I, I kind of wish they had just kept up the super crazy, like, yeah. exciting closing stretch until the finish instead of... Uh, stopping for the strike exchange, but Naito does... It doesn't really like suit what they're doing. Yeah, either. like I, I think like you can make an argument for it to fit the like the pacing of the, like the story of the match or whatever. But the pacing they've set has basically just been like we are trying to like we are giving our biggest shot every time, trying to take these guys out at this point in it for sure, right? And so for them to just start throwing elbows is a little whack. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Uh, both guys get back up, and we hit a, you know, after that, after the chop and form exchange, they, Naito eventually just starts, like, slapping Kenny in the face, which I can always appreciate that, so, there you go. 
Uh, Kenny counters with two more V-triggers. Naito counters a third attempt with the rolling Savat kick. And then, I think that's what that's called. And then he has a dragon suplex for two. Uh, he goes for Destino again, but Kenny fights him off again. Naito hits another one without the full wind-up, but Kenny kicks out again. And then finally, Naito hits another one with the full wind-up. And that's enough for the pin and the his second T1 Climax victory. And boy, was I going crazy in the building. I, was I Yeah, I bet. <laughs> like, I was going nuts watching this, like, at home at, like, 4 a.m. <laughs> I can't even imagine being there in person. Yeah. Um, it's pretty fun. Anyway, I this was, like, so nice, too, as, like, the long-suffering Naito fan. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, it always kind of... It always kind of felt like he wasn't going to get another fun G1 win. And I always wanted that because the first one sucked so much. Yeah. Um, I actually, I think that last, the, the tournament he won was kind of fun. But I thought the victory itself was clearly not what he wanted. Yeah. Um, my thoughts on the actual match have always stayed the same. And I've, I've watched it a bunch of times. I absolutely love it. There's a few very minor flaws that keep me from going the full five. Uh, mainly, yeah. Kenny's V-Trigger spam gets a little annoying at times, uh, which was it really wasn't in their previous match in 2016, which that one I, I do go five on, the, the 2016 match. Um, okay. I wish they hadn't done the weird little strike exchange, like I said, and the whole thing does feel a tiny bit excessive at times. Um, plus, there's that one little kind of blown spot, but it's still an outstanding fucking match, so I'm still four and three quarters, which I think has been my rating every time I've watched this. So, Yeah, I... I don't think I disagree with you there. I like, like I, I mean, I personally, like I say, I'm very loose with my fives. I might give this one a five or a four. I don't know. I'm kind of waffling in between now, keeping them on their toes. But uh, like, I, there is no question that this is one of the like. It is not their best match, but is one of their more fun matches that they've had, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, like, I think it's weird. I, the, the three matches, I love all three of them, but it's the, it's almost like an exact ranking of, like, the first one's the best, second one is second best, and then the, the 2018 one is third best, which yeah, we'll, we'll have to cover I, on here. I 100% agree. We'll have to cover that one on here someday soon to complete the trilogy, I guess, which I'm sure we will. But yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's just an awesome, awesome trilogy of matches. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so Naito, after the match, in one of the greatest moments in New Japan history, grabs the G1 trophy and teases he's going to throw it into the crowd. Which I is... would have lost my mind Okay, if did. I can tell you from pe- watching, and I, again, I was in the balcony, so I could see the people in the crowd as he's doing this, and these fucking people really thought Naito was about to murder them. Like, they, like, they ducked for fucking cover. Like, they jumped backwards. They, like, put their arms up. They were like, this motherfucker is tossing this trophy. They bought, they <laughs> completely bought it. So, look. I love that. This, I'm so happy. <laughs> he's throwing enough title belts. It's psychology, okay? For sure. Wrestling psychology. He's thrown so many title belts that they no longer put it past him. Oh my but, yeah. god. Like they really did like duck for cover. Like like someone was about to throw this damn trophy. It was great. Uh and then what a king. What a king. And then Chodo comes over, the original uh, you know, heel badass, and he does the LIJ fist bump with him afterwards, which is so great. So another great moment. But yeah. Uh just a amazing moment, amazing match. Love love Titsu Naito. And Kenny Omega, you you had a good match, buddy. Good for you. I hope I hope your game that night was extra gamey. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> Hope you won all of your Street Fighter rounds. Uh, or fucking Players Unknown Battlegrounds, whatever the fuck he plays. I yeah, know. I don't know what he plays anymore. <laughs> uh, match number three, your second pick, Hiromu Takahashi mm-hmm. versus Ryusuke Taguchi from New yes. Japan. March 6, 2017, at the anniversary show. Uh, it is the second defense of Hiromu's first junior title reign. He won the belt yeah. from Kushida at Wrestle Kingdom 11 in January, and then he defended against Dragon Lee at New Beginning in Osaka. So this is defense number two. I guess go ahead and tee this up. Why'd you pick this one? I picked this one for a couple of reasons. One, uh, uh, first and foremost, is I love Ryusuke Taguchi when he is in a position to actually like wrestle a serious match. Um I think he's one of those guys where he's never going to be... I'm never going to make a case for him being, like, one of the best junior wrestlers ever or anything, uh, no matter how much I want to. But, like, I think that he is a dude that's sneaky good and sneaky underrated um, because he is such a comedy guy now. And he is basically the, like... He's the coach now, especially. Um but like there's that and i think he does a really good job in this especially helping to establish hiromu which goes into my second thing which is this is really early hiromu and i find it so interesting cuz this is like pre daryl pre all the cat stuff so he's kind of like i find his character really interesting it's some of it feels like naito light at times um and some t- uh, and then it also sometimes just feels like oh yeah now he- this is Hiromu being the time bomb and i f- i like this because it it is sort of personally speaking i think it's like a good stepping stone on him becoming like the face of that junior division and figuring out his like style and how he wants to like present himself right um and, and it- i think they both do a great job in this i think like it, like Taguchi does a really good job at establishing Hiromu as like this new heel coming in like he's the top of the division already yes he had like a really good match with Kushida and stuff but it's like is he gonna lose this belt like right after having one defense or whatever and they give him like Taguchi who's like a reliable guy and they get this really fun like really enjoyable match out of it and it's just something I've always like. This is like a comfort food match for me, you know. Mm, right. I, I like what you point out about Hiromu's character. It's it's really funny seeing him now. You know, this is only three years ago, but like he looks so different here, and it's like a much more heelish Hiromu, who's like you know, as he's making his entrance, he's doing like this cocky like half strut yeah. that he doesn't really do at all now, and it's just much more like. He's still a weirdo, but he's like a cocky weirdo, as opposed to the more wacky weirdo of today, I guess, is the best the best way I can put it. He feels much more, like, dangerous on purpose, right. as opposed to, like, reckless, which is what Hiromu's vibe is now when he's doing his, like, high-risk stuff, Is at least that's how I look at it. Right. Um, and I, I think it, I, it's fun to, like, I'm, it is one of those things where it's like, I love watching like any any dude when they come back from excursion like early on like remember el desperado when he came out and gave kota abushi flowers no no one else does but me um but it's like it is it is a it is nice to sort of figure out like what stuff they kept for those characters and what stuff they like immediately grow out of um and with hiromu like I feel like his wrestling didn't need to change that much. It was just his mannerisms. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, he basically had to just like, 
you know, go from being super cocky to being super wacky. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Taguchi comes out like wearing sunglasses, a Taguchi Japan rally towel, and a Samurai Japan baseball rally towel. Oh, good. It's like, what a legend. King! Uh, <laughs> they start out with like Taguchi trying to get a takedown and trying to get the ankle hold, and that's basically the theme of the entire match. But Hiromu avoids him and rolls out of the ring. Uh, Taguchi baits him with his jacket, which is kind of funny. Like, he's just like, really good. He's like, come get your damn jacket. And like almost gets the ankle lock, and we do like a lot of running around, and Hiromu hits Taguchi with his own hip attack, and uh, you know it just kind of feels like a dick move. It's like hitting with butts is his thing. Like, come on, let him have this. Come on. Um, he tries. Hiromu would understand how that <laughs> feels when Will Osprey started doing the cat stuff. That's true. Um, Hiromu then tries the sunset flip power bomb to the floor from the apron, but Taguchi blocks it with his ass. <laughs> Such a great it's little... really good okay Taguchi I'm gonna talk about Taguchi's ass really quick okay the reason why I love Taguchi's ass as a weapon is because Taguchi does not have an ass <laughs> this man ha- has the boniest ass in the world and that's why it hurts when he hits you with it Indeed. it is like being stabbed by two very blunt weapons those are each of his butt cheeks <laughs> by the way the two blunt weapons wow um I, 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 you know what? I don't blame Hiromu for not being able to do the sunset flip. That I wouldn't be able to if something crashed into me with that velocity. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be a deadly weapon. Um, but yeah, so then he hits a hip attack from the apron to the floor, and then he has his ass face control period, as you could call it, where he just keeps, keeps, <laughs> keeps beating him with his keep beating him uh. with his butt. Uh, I'm going to steal that phrase for something. <laughs> uh, Hiromu comes back and locks him in a half Boston Crab. Uh, Taguchi selling here is honestly a little over the top, but that's yeah, that's Taguchi in general. i got to make sure the people in the cheap seats can see it. He's very, like, the like he, he is a very much a pantomime wrestler, but that's part of why I like him is because, like, it's, I say earlier, I don't like guys who make faces, but I like Taguchi because he makes faces with his whole body. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Yeah. And Taguchi comes back with even more hip attacks. He tries the ankle hold again. Hiromu quickly crawls to the ropes, and then he finally does get the ankle lock, but, uh, you know, it just kind of Hiromu like rolls out of it, rolls his way out of it to escape, and it's just big pop up power bomb, which is a cool spot. Yeah, um, they end up on the second rope where Hiromu hits that. I don't know what the hell it's called. Do you know what it's called? But that weird like power bomb looking, but also like leg rana thing. He hits. Oh god, I'm so bad um, with move names. So I don't. I don't know this. Yeah, one. I. I. I don't. It's <laughs> awesome. It's, it. it's awesome. That's what it is. It go. is. It is very thick. Um, I've seen him hit it the move smoother than he did here, but it's still, even when it's not like perfect, it still looks pretty yeah. sick. Uh, we suddenly end up in like a surprisingly fiery slap exchange, which it almost, like, all of a sudden, this almost seems like they're fucking channeling Shibata Ishii out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, they start <laughs> slapping each other. Taguchi wins the slap exchange and starts kicking away him in the corner and it's slap good. at him more. It's, like, quite the crazy turn of events. It's like, did I just switch matches? I don't understand. There's some really good moments of Taguchi just sort of, like, turning it on in here. That's, like, one of them, I think, particularly. There's some good stuff with, like, when he's trying to get the ankle lock on and trying to, like, grapple with Hiromu. I find that he's really good at that, too. Yeah. Um... And then also he does his ass shenanigans to balance it out. Like, <laughs> then, what else do you want? Indeed. 
the slaps continue even after both get back to their feet, and then Taguchi like pulls her down with a, or puts her down with a big drop kick, which he sells by like collapsing to his knees, which is great. It's almost like he's uh, like a defeated. Oh. Defeated samurai in like a fucking play or something. Where it's it's like, uh. like one of my favorite parts of this match. It's so dramatic. Yeah. Just the way that he like crumbles. It's great. Uh, and then Taguchi hits him with the Dodon, but Hiromu kicks out. Uh, Taguchi immediately transitions to the ankle hold, almost like he was expecting the kick out, which is kind of cool. And Hiromu, which makes sense because Hiromu at this point, like, was the whole thing was he was like in ultimate unbeatable mode in the division. Yeah. Because, you know, he would, after this, he would beat. A month later, he beats Kushida in like two minutes. So God, yeah. I almost picked that one, but I wanted to give us. A, I picked a really short match for my first one, so I wanted to pick something that was yeah. over fifteen minutes. Right. Uh, but Taguchi, anyway, so he lets him out and then tries him to dawn, but Hiromu lands on his feet, goes for his own ankle hold, but Taguchi counters with the ends of Giri and that like valise suplex where you like do the front suplex but they just throw the guy yeah. down, which looks great. Uh, Hiromu comes back with an overhead belly-to-belly in the corner, which looks brutal. And then that weird quasi-time bomb, but not the time bomb setup move. I always forget the name of it. I, yeah, was that, is that the, like, um, it's like something plunger or something? Yeah, yeah, dynamite plunger. I think. Yeah, I think I always get it mixed up with the uh, time bomb. Yeah, too, when I, watched so, it. I had to rewind the first time I watched this because I was like, "Wait, didn't he just hit the time bomb?" Yeah, the English announcers do too. I'm glad he he doesn't do that move as much anymore, and I'm glad because it's like it, it was way too similar to time bomb. It's really confusing, and especially now that he has that variation of the time bomb, like I think it would just muddy things up way too much. Yeah, um, he does the the charge in the corner carry Taguchi the fireman's carry. Yeah, that move rolls. Uh, he goes for the time bomb, but Taguchi counters into an ankle lock. And there's an awesome spot where, like, so Hiromu looks like he's gonna get he's gonna get out of it again. So Taguchi fucking gets an armbar takedown, and then he uses the that to transition right back to the ankle lock when yeah. uh, the ankle's open. It's like fucking shoot grappling from it's so Taguchi. good. <laughs> like I love whenever he busts out the wrestling. Like whenever Taguchi is like, oh yeah, I know how to actually grapple. I like fangirl. He's like, I can't help it. He's like, it's I'm so a, much fun. I'm a clown because I want. To be a clown, not because I can only be a clown. That's basically where you skate to Gucci. It's like seriously. It's like um, it it it's it is the same as when like Yano does yeah. something that's actual wrestling. You know? Yeah. Which that happens rarer now, but that's much rarer. <laughs> uh, we get the longest angle lock struggle of the match, and then Hiromu accidentally taps the mat twice, which you could sure as hell call a tap out, but thankfully Red Shoes doesn't. Which I thought yeah. was kind of funny. I was, <laughs> he taps it once and then pauses and does, like just as a normal style. And then he does the double tap like right after. <laughs> like, sir, really weird. you're tapping out here. But uh, yeah. anyway. uh, Taguchi goes to the Dodon again, but Hiromu uh, looks to be blocking it. So he turns it in this huge release tiger suplex. He just fucking tosses him. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hiromu no-sells it and drops him with his own German suplex, which Taguchi no-sells and destroys Hiromu with a huge light for two. Uh, again, almost channeling Ishii Shibata here. Uh, Taguchi gets Hiromu up into the Argentine backbreaker position and then tries to turn it into a Dodone from there, but Hiromu rolls through with a Japanese leg roll clutch for two, which that was an awesome-looking counter. And then he mm-hmm. hits these three straight like glancing super kicks as Taguchi keeps trying to run into him. And then hits his own huge lariat for two count. And then finally hits the fireman's cherry ch- carry charge into the corner for a second time. And then the time bomb for the pen. Uh, so yeah, this match fucking rules. 
It's um, so fun. It's very charming early on, even when maybe you could say there isn't a ton happening. But the fancy stretch is, is just incredible. I mean, they really bust out all sorts of shit, even stuff you're not even remotely expecting from Taguchi. Uh, yeah, I would. I would go four and a half. I, I really love this match. Yeah, I, I, I like again. I think personally, like in my heart, this is a, as a five for a Sylvia match. But mm-hmm. like, if I'm being objective, four and a half sounds right. Yeah. Um. It like I like I really do enjoy that novelty of at the beginning of seeing Taguchi like go from like he's doing his shtick at the beginning a little, and then he just is immediately into like serious wrestler mode, and he's doing more of that like. I don't want to say like. Like, he's not like a mat work guy. He's just doing like fun submission stuff, but maybe I'm being reductive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like the grappling that he does bust out. Like, I'm not, it, this isn't ever gonna like blow my mind, but there are like, you mentioned that part where he goes for the ankle lock, switches into the arm bar, and then goes back to the ankle lock. Like, it's really that good. That was fun as hell. Yeah. That's so sick. Like, I, <laughs> Zack Saber Jr., who? Um, you know? Yeah. But like it's a really cool spot. So, it's 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 one of those matches that like it Hiromu when he first came in, I liked him because I thought he was cute. And this was the match where I was like, Oh, this guy's like actually gonna be something like fucking incredible if he's pulling out matches like this with like a dude that at the time I did not have the strong feelings about that I do now. Yeah. Um, and now I'm a Taguchi stand for life. And if anyone has a problem with that, uh, they can fight me about it. Indeed. I, I mean, I've, I always love Taguchi. It really, um, it, it annoys me when people get very like uh, dismissive of him. And it's like, no, he ha- he's had really awesome matches, and he can always do it when he feels like it. Yeah. Just, look, he he loves his bum. I mean, it's not like. <laughs> It's not his role to do that. Yeah. Like, it's he's not so... Like, it's the type of people who are like, well, if you're not going out and having a match to get five stars, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe wrestling is supposed to be funny sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. People get very, people get very mad to Gucci. I'm just, I don't really get it. But anyway, so Gucci's awesome. He showed it again here. Uh, yeah. Our next match, this is my second pick. Tetsuya mm-hmm. Naito versus Hiroki Goto from New Japan on March 12, 2016. I just figured, why not watch Naito win another tournament? Uh, and I also remembered liking it, but I don't didn't remember. I haven't watched it in a long time, so I thought it'd be fun to see if it holds up. But yeah, it's from the the New Japan Cup 2016 final, which obviously Naito won and then went on to win his first IWGP Heavyweight Title. Which uh, again, not to humble brag again, but I was there for that as well. So that was pretty cool. Uh, oh, did I did I lose you? Oh no, you're here. Oh, yeah, I'm here. Okay. I'm here. Yeah. Sorry, but uh. If, if apparently, like I've always said, if I if I just went lived in Japan, Naito would never lose because every time <laughs> I go, every time I go there, he wins something. Okay, so we're sending you over for all of his titled events. I guess so. Um, Except I can't get in the country right now, so you know, <laughs> because they're like, yeah, America, you're you're a hot mess, which is fair. God. Uh, like, wait, no. Wait till he beats Okada's record. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is a the match starts with like Goto controlling Naito early on after the initial stall session, which he he goes to the chin lock a little too fast for my liking, so that that's not great. But Naito does make the rove pretty quickly. Uh, Goto keeps stomping away at him, which even draws some light boos, which is interesting because he he clearly was the more um, like at this point in Naito's career, Tokyo loves him, 
Like as you'll see, if you watch Invasion Attack, Tokyo was like that crowd was a hundred, almost hundred percent behind Naito. But the rest of Japan has not caught up yet, and there's still like there's some fans that love him, but there's still some fans who are treating him like a heel. So you know, which is what he is. Obviously. Yeah. But like, there's still some fans like who know are not like hundred percent behind him like Tokyo is. So you know, I'd say more of these fans like Goto than Naito. That uh, the Naito fans do make themselves heard a few times. But yeah, it's just a little... Like, Goto getting booed here is a little rare for the match. Uh, Naito... Yeah, because this was... Goto was just coming off of losing at New Beginning, right? Yes, and I want to... We'll talk about what happens at the end of this match. That Goto getting cheered would become a rare thing for a while, unfortunately. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you feel about Goto. I love Goto. I have, like... <sighs> I have mixed feelings about Goto. It is really hard for me to take him seriously at this point. Well, that's um, definitely true. Like, he's kind of a goofball to me, and that is kind of leaked into his old matches, too. Um, because I just remember, like, being, like, on Twitter with people at this time, being like, well, yeah, Goto chokes. That's what he does. Um, and... That... Uh, uh, no spoilers, but hey, guess what? <laughs> he choked again. Um, I I do like him though. Like I think the thing with Goto is I've always liked him more as an undercard guy. I've always liked him more in like those never matches and like the IC title stuff too, which like is very like ch- shitty wrestling fan armchair booking whatever. But um, I find that he tends to excel in those spots as opposed to when he's trying to do these, like, longer main event matches, you know? Yeah, that's that's very fair. Um, yeah. You know, what I would what I would say about Goto is, I, you know, I, I think it, almost like the booking sometimes, you know, people, I think, make too much of the booking. And it's like, well, he's never going to be... I mean, maybe yeah. he could still get, like, the Nakanishi reign, like the gold watch reign. I think that's still on the cart. Oh, my still God. on the table for him. But uh, I don't know. If he did, he'll, be, he'll, he'll hold it for like a month, you know, if he ever gets it. Yeah, and I wouldn't like hate that. I do like Goto, and I I did want him to win that belt at one point before like yeah. this all sort of like this all sort of happened. Yeah, well, I mean, we're talking um, about the, the post match, which is a big deal. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so anyway, Naito comes back and like chokes him in the corner of his boot and works him over. Uh, nothing really interesting happens early on in this match. It's certainly a slow start. But things finally pick up a yeah. bit when Goto, he takes out Naito with this huge lariat, which Naito takes a great flip bump for. Um, you know, and that's pretty much the unofficial, like, starting point of the match getting good. He follows up with his the running Savak kick into the corner, and then a backdrop for two. And the crowd also finally wakes up there, and there's a big Goto chant, although the, the Naito fans try to start chanting too. Um... Naito versus a Goto Irish Whip in the corner, hits the Combination Cabron, and then he hits a German Suplex for two. There's this long fight on the top rope that's like really dramatic, really good. I mean, the crowd like yeah. has the crowd like screaming, and it ends with this huge Suplex from Goto. But you know, simple stuff, but really good stuff. Um, yeah, I will say that is something I like about Goto is that sometimes he just gets a lot out of very simple shit. Yeah. Um, and like that is always something I can appreciate. He has good like physical charisma, which is funny because he doesn't I, have absolutely. He doesn't have good like promo charisma at, at all, but like he has yeah. really good like physical charisma that like really draws you into spots in his matches, and like he has like a presence about him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
They... Absolutely, and that's why like I'm always gonna have like a soft spot for him, and why, like I said, I wouldn't hate it if he got that one month reign. But you know, yeah, I kind of, I don't know. Some people seem to think there's no chance. I kind of think it will happen, but who knows? I think it'll happen eventually. Yeah, uh, he's still not. I mean, he's. I don't think he's as old as Nakanishi was when he won it. I could be wrong, but uh, these kids outside are screaming. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that either. But... Uh, yeah, uh, I think I might have got like a little, but it's fine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, I guess everybody, nobody has anything to do in this neighborhood right now, so. Uh, Goto hits a pair of Usigorosis uh, on Naito, who does, like, a great job, like, thrashing around, like, he's trying to avoid them, which I always love it when wrestlers, like, actually, actually like, act like they're trying not to get hit by moves instead of just, you know, going up for stuff perfectly, which far too many wrestlers do. Which I get it, because it's probably safer, but, like, when's that ever going to stop Naito? Yeah. <laughs> you know, safety does not exist (laughs) to this man no not at all um he tries to follow up with the shoten kai but naito escapes and hits his swinging ddt kicking off the ropes for leverage both men are down we get a huge dueling chant again uh naito hits an enzigiri at that huge diving forearm uh he puts goto up top and hits the top rope rana for another two count uh he hits gloria for another really close near fall he tries to go for Destino, but Goto catches him in midair, gives him another Usigoroshi, a great counter, and then he sets Naito up on the top rope and hits a top rope Usigoroshi, which, like, that is such a sick move because he's dropping him onto his knee from the top rope. Like, he, again, he could break his neck. But, it's uh, fucking brutal. Yeah. Uh, Goto tries for the Shotenkai again, but Naito drops down the other side of him. And there's a somewhat awkward moment here, unfortunately, where he, like, catches Goto's leg, where it seems like they get their wires crossed, and there's, like, a pause where no one does anything. So, thankfully, that it ends correctly, but you definitely have to note that's a problem in the match. Uh, Goto hits a huge headbutt, a big middle kick to a kneeling Naito, finally gets the Shoten Kai, but Naito kicks out at two, and that is a great fucking near fall, because they build that uh, Shoten Kai up for the entire match, to the point where, like, it can totally... You can totally buy that as a finish because, oh, like, yeah. Naito's escaped it, like, three times already. And you can hear the crowd is, like, truly stunned when Naito kicks out. Like, the reaction for Goto hitting it is, like, it's the finish. And the crowd, like, just... They're so fucking stunned when Naito kicks out. So, a, per- a perfect near fall, honestly. Yeah, I really appreciated that. Like, the... The Shoten Kai is also just a sick move. And so, like building up to it in that way i think like does it justice in a weird way i i like um i just i like when the match sort of like makes you believe that you figured out what the ending is going to be like you said where it's like yeah you could totally believe that oh the reason they're building up to the show Kai is because he's going to win with that and then he hits it and he doesn't and it's sick I mean, like, it's just a great, it's a great near fall because you, it makes you think it's going to end, which is the entire yeah. point of it. Like, some of these near falls are like, okay, near falls for the sake of near falls that no one's ever going to think is the finish. But that one, I think, you know, you could definitely, you definitely bought it as a finish and the crowd sure, mm-hmm. the crowd sure as hell did. Um, but yeah, and I, I the Shoten Kai, I, I like it better than the GTR. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. Oh, that's, I, that shouldn't be a hot take. The GTR's trash. Okay, I'm glad we agree. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I hate the GTR that much, but I definitely like the Shoten Kai better. I th- I like the GTR as like a move. I think it's like kind of a boring finisher, though. Yeah, that's fair. 
Uh, we get interference here as Bushi distracts the ref so Evil can attack Goto. This was during the brief era when LIJ was running in on Naito's matches. It would pretty much come to an end uh, at Dominion, which is kind of funny because it's like when Naito loses the title back to Okada, the first time he actually tries to fight clean in the LIJ character. You'd think he would like go right back to cheating, but they never... They, I don't think they ever interfere again. I think that's it. So, you know, I guess that this just it was just a brief error, brief little. I wonder if that here. was them like quickly realizing like the momentum behind this group is such that trying to make them these like cheating all the time heels is a bad idea. Yeah, I mean that's kind of always the vibe I got. Like, it, yeah, it just kind of was gonna. I mean that they they transition very quickly into like the, you know, the true neutral. So. Mm-hmm. Where like you know <laughs> they became new chaos real quick. Yeah, exactly. I mean they they took chaos's place when chaos just became uh, the the same great Nothing. the same great taste, but with different packaging for the New Japan Army. That's pretty much it. It's so funny <laughs> that chaos is still considered a group. Yeah, honestly. I mean they even team with them now. It's like what is the point? I've, I've ranted about that on this show a million fucking times. There's no. It's but it's, it's, it's very um, it's very stupid. Uh, anyway. So, after the interference, you know, the interference doesn't take that much away from me, because it's very quick, and Goto fights yeah. them both off. Uh, he goes back to Naito, and tries in a Shotenkai, but Naito counters in the Destino in midair, which all the midair Destino counters always look awesome, and this one is no... Uh, it's, like, the, I, the Destino is one of those moves that is, like, perfectly made just to counter shit, and that's why I love it so much. Uh, because it's when Naito manages to pull that out out of nowhere, I like lose my mind. It's pure serotonin. Yeah, it's just a great. It's always great. Uh, they get back up to a kneeling position and start trading elbows. Uh, Goto wins that fight as you probably expect, and you know he's <laughs> the the big mean striker man. But Naito counters by just slapping him right in the face when they both get back to their feet. Uh, he slaps him a second time, but then Goto hits a headbutt. Uh, he tries a big lariat, but Naito ducks and hits a dragon suplex. Goto no-sells it and gets right back up. There's a lot of that going around on this, this episode. But <laughs> Naito just hits him with a Destino for the pin. Uh, I like the really sudden nature of the finish. It almost feels like, you know, Goto had his last little burst when he no-sold the dragon suplex. But that was it. He just was a big, tough guy, but he got caught. You know, yeah. so it definitely works. Uh, this is, like, it's not a classic or anything. The early portion is very slow. I think you have to take off points for that. Also for the weird botch and a couple other spots that don't look as smooth as they could. But as usual for a big New Japan match, the closing stretch really saves it. And the theme of Goto's power versus Naito's like, speed and technique is always a good one. Uh, they almost always have great matches together. Except that one G1 match in like 2018. That was not good. I but don't anyway, even remember it. Yeah. But I, I agree that they do usually have pretty good matches together. But yeah, I, I, this is four stars flat for me. Really good match. Yeah. Uh, you know, not quite the level of some of the other stuff on this show, but definitely still good. I feel like I'm being very boring by just agreeing with your ratings, but, like, that <laughs> tracks that, like, yeah, this is this is the, like, three star is too mean to this. This is just, like, the perfect four star match. It is good, not great. You know? Yeah. I would say great, not super excellent. Yeah. It's probably more like what I'm thinking of four. Um, unfortunately, after this match, Okada comes out and saves Goto, and Goto joins Chaos, which the one of the worst storylines Ninja Fan ever did. Because to recap, Hiroki Goto, he fucking he beat he beat Okada finally in the 2015 G1 in the big Intercontinental vs Heavyweight Champion match. Um, 
you know, after Okada beat his ass a fucking million times before that. Like, yeah. He beats him uh, to retain the title in 2012. He beats him in the 2013 New Japan Cup final. Uh, I, I, he probably beats him more, and I'm not even remembering. But, like, he just beats his motherfucker over and over again. Goto finally beats him in the big uh, champion versus champion match. He, before he loses either cutting title back to Nakamura. And then he gets his heavy, he waits like six months to get his heavyweight title shot. He finally gets it at New Beginning in Osaka. He makes a big deal, like how he's not gonna choke like he always chokes. He fucking goes under the waterfall, he paints himself from kanji, and then he just loses. So and then after he loses, Okada's like, Hey uh, now that now that I've made you my bitch again, how about you join Chaos? And then Goda's like, let me think about it. And then here a month later, he loses again in the final of the New Japan Cup. And then he's like, you know what, Okada? I guess I am a big enough loser to be, just be uh, your number two. Let's shake God. on it. And this storyline was so stupid that, like, he went from, a, a, a like, consistent babyface to, like, the crowds booed him for, like, months after this. It took a while. T- like, he did not change his character that much either yeah like he, he, when well, he no, no, did no. This. let me let me let me correct you okay sylvie okay he switched to, he switched to red pants that's true he did, <laughs> and you know what as far as hiroki goto that goes that's a pretty big change <laughs> to me this always felt like something where they were like oh yeah eventually this will be a shibata versus goto thing and it never happened well they did do they did a match finally i think at oh, uh at wrestle kingdom yeah it took forever to get there and because yeah. I remember they did one at eight, but it was before the like yeah. um, turn and everything. I think Goto beat Shibata for the Never Title at Wrestle Kingdom. 11. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, but but the point <laughs> is though, I I mean I just think it's like they were like uh they they're still very uh they were still very invested in Chaos as a unit. I remember they weren't teaming with the New Japan Army, and they were like oh well Nakamura's gone, we need a new number two. So I mean, but they just. There was a. They had to pick a better way to get there than this, apparently, because like it just made him look like a, the biggest loser. So, you know, I don't know. Poor Goto. Yeah. It. They really just like <laughs> chumped him out with this yeah. angle. Like yeah. killed. This is what killed his credibility for me. Honestly, yeah. I like it, I think it did for is, a lot of this people. This is probably what did it. But uh, you know, I mean, he. Uh, you know, he he doesn't get booed all the time anymore, so I guess that's good. But yeah, he got booed for like six months after this, I think. So it was not good. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the last match we'll be talking about here is Kazushi Sakuraba versus Katsuyori Shibata from New Japan, July 5th, 2015. Uh, this was my pick for the fan vote match. I was a little surprised it won. Uh, you would pick Suzuki Nagata from the first Wrestle Kingdom. Um, yeah. Both banger yeah. matches, I should say. Yeah. Like, and I like this match a lot, too. I was not upset that this won. But it, it, your match was winning for a long time, and then mine, like, pulled it out in the last, like, 12 hours. So. Damn. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, you you picking Shibata Ishii, though, made me think of a another shorter Shibata match that I really love. So this is his battle with his ex-Laughter 7 tag partner. So they come, they come in as, like I said, Laughter 7, which I guess was... The mm-hmm. name of, like, Sakuraba's uh, MMA gym, I believe. And, you know, they come in back in 2012 as, like, these outsiders. Um, you know, they're fighting against New Japan together. But they eventually, yeah. like, drift apart. And it's not like they ever have, like, a big split. It just kind of ends up where, like, Shibata ends up back in the New Japan army when he makes up with Goto after their feud. And Sakuraba ends up, like, this weird unofficial chaos member. So. Yeah. Like he, it, he tagged with Shinsuke a lot sometimes. Yeah, right? and, and like, like Toriyano. 
Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. I forgot about that. Too, uh. <laughs> Sakuraba Yano team. Uh, but yes, they, he basically ended up in an unofficial Chaos member. And this is still, of course, the era where Chaos was still like kind of at odds with the New Japan Army. So, like, you know, it just became like a thing where it's like, of course, this showdown was like inevitable. And they did spend like months building it, if I remember correctly. They, they were in like tag matches against each other for like three or four months before this happened. So, um, yeah. It feels like they they spent so much time building it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the match before this one, which I noticed when I went on New Japan World to search for it, is the f- I believe the first time Naito ever comes out with the Ingo Bernabez gimmick, which I, oh, I watched. Oh damn! Yeah. Okay. Match two at Dominion. It's him. Very and, important show. Him and Tomaki Hama against Bad Luck Folly and Yujiro Takahashi, which I I, I watched it just because I was like. Hmm. But yeah, they win the match even though Naito's being a complete dickhead to Hanma, which is kind of funny. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, fuck Hanma. Yeah. But uh, the the match starts with a clinch here, and they end up in the ropes where Shibata like slaps Sakuraba across the face instead of giving him a clean break which is so you know good. that's such a Sakuraba cool. looks so mad about it too like he looks just like really insulted that that happened he's like we were bros what happened it's really good yeah <laughs> like exactly uh, that vibe yeah and then they they trade some block kicks before ending up on the map briefly uh, neither guy can get any kind of advantage but I, I love that little like mad sequence it's so good there's a lot of really good just like grappling stuff in this match between these two there's one like specifically that i'm thinking of later that we will definitely touch on but yeah it's uh, the, the, the the sort of like mat sequence they do is really fun shibata like nearly takes sakuraba's head off with a big kick but he ducks and rolls to the floor he baits shibata out there and then rolls back in very old school heel stuff and like catches him with strikes trying to enter the ring um, Shibata then like fires back with elbows in the corner, but when he runs to the other side for his trademark drop kick, Sakuraba runs over and hits him with a knee to the gut. Which some of these knees look oh, brutal, and that's definitely that, one. Like the so- Sakuraba's knee counter is always just like it is because he's done it. Uh, I think he did it to Shinsuke once and got him like in the face or something. And it like every time he does it, I like explode. It's the it's so sick. Yeah. Uh, Shibata starts kicking the crap out of Sakuraba after he escapes a guillotine. Uh, he gets him back into the corner. He hits the elbows and then goes for the drop kick, drop, drop kick again. Easy for me to say. He gets it this time, and then he hits a second one for good measure, which he almost never does that. So I was like, wow, he's, he must be pissed at him or something. Um, he then gets really brutal, just like kicking and boot scraping Sakuraba repeatedly while he's down. Just like yeah. gets very angry. Uh, Sakuraba recovers, they trade slaps, and then he takes back over with the clinch again and knees in the corner. Um, he, like, rips off, I don't know what he's wearing, like, that weird, like, sock thing. Yeah, it's like a, it's like an ankle wrap or something. Yeah, I think, I think that's actually what's called. Um, yeah. He, like, tosses it at him, which I'm like, that's gross. It's really funny. <laughs> it's gross and it's like funny. throwing your socks at someone. <laughs> gross and funny. Uh, and he keeps kicking him while he's down, but Shibata just, like, keeps asking for more, so... You know, big mood. And then Shibata tries to get up and charge at Sakuraba, but he gets met with this big counter knee right to the gut, and he he rolls to the floor to escape. Uh, And then Sakuraba follows him out there with a plancha, which... Okay, (laughs) this is the thing I got mixed up with the moonsault earlier. I could have sworn that when Sakuraba landed, he, like, fucked his ankle up, the ankle without the brace on it now, because he, like, lands really weird on it, and, like, 
I don't know, but he's fine. I was just like the entire match I was watching trying to see like is he is he hurt? Cuz he landed really weird on that. Yeah. And I guess not. But Yeah, I guess he was okay. Um, but it's not exactly what you're expecting here. It's not no. not exactly a shoot style move, so it rules I like that it's kind of clumsy. Yeah. Uh, because it kind of like emphasizes the fact that this is not like either of these guys' style. Right. Uh, and then back in the ring, Sakuraba gets his signature leg hold, but Shibata makes the ropes. Um, Sakuraba quickly follows up with a sleeper, and then he even like jumps onto Shibata's back to make him carry his weight. And then there's this is like one of the greatest spots of the match. Shibata reaches for the ropes with one hand. Sakuraba pulls the arm away. He reaches ah. for the ropes with the other hand. Sakuraba pulls the other arm away. He turns it into like this like fucking standing surfboard or uh, bow and arrow. It's so cool. It's it so like, cool. Yeah. It, it is one of those visual like there's, it's one of those visuals that sticks with me like the way that like from wrestling the way that they've like sort of like filmed this like weird contortionist hold like it's so gnarly I'm I love it. Uh, speaking of things that stick or visuals that stick with you, Shibata bites the middle rope mm-hmm. for the rope break, which fucking owns. Um, I I realized I'd started talking before you mentioned that, and I did not <laughs> want to ruin that for you. It is so great. Um, it's so good. It, ugh, Shibata's the coolest. I miss him so much. Yeah, I do too. Um, he suddenly levels Sakuraba with a lariat, and both guys are down again. Uh, Sakuraba then gets Shibata in a triangle, and Shibata looks to be fading, but then he suddenly revives and makes the ropes. Uh, Sakuraba stays on him with kicks, and then like catches his strike attempt and turns it into this awesome like judo-style takedown, like using his own momentum against him. And he tries to lock in a Kimura. Uh, Shibata quickly makes it to the ropes. Uh, he rolls right into it again, and Shibata gets back to his feet and then gets to the ropes again. And then when Soraka, Sakuraba tries to get... I don't know what the hell I just said. When Sakuraba tries to get the hold again, he dumps him with a this huge German suplex. And again, Sakuraba like tries to struggle his way out of the German, which always looks better when the wrestlers like actually... Uh, look like they're not trying to go up for these moves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then, but Sakuraba, like, so he, he basically, like, I guess, like, no-sells it, and then hits this awesome, like, short-range PK, which is, you know, again, Shibata's move. So, uh, you know, it does, it seems almost to pick, piss Shibata off more than anything. And then yeah. Shibata picks him up and looks to be trying to go to sleep, but Sakuraba turns it into the choke sleeper again. Uh, Shibata does an excellent job selling that he's going out here, but then he fires up, elbows his way out of it, uh, he catches Sakuraba's kick attempt, slaps him right in the face, all in one motion, like a really quick counter slap, it's so great. Uh, he puts... I... I, There is something about the way that, uh, Shibata slaps people that's very, um, poetic. Yeah. It's really good. By that I just mean, it makes a really loud noise, and I clap when I hear it. Yeah, it's great. I, 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 I think I mentioned this to a friend of mine where I was like trying to think of a good way to describe Shibata that wasn't just like, bro, he's trying to like kill the person in the ring, and I came up with he is like a thunderstorm because it's like real quiet, and then when it's loud, you have to notice. <laughs> That's um, a great way to put it. Yeah, he's the best. Um, so after that, basically, we he puts his own sleeper on, and Sakuraba almost gets out of it before Shibata reapplies it again, and then he hits the PK for the pin. 
Uh, this absolutely fucking owns. If you like the more, you know, shoot influence, realistic side of wrestling, you will love this. Uh, it's a four and a half star match for me. I, I adore this match. Yeah, it's it's like so much fun. I like it. I love whenever Shibata gets to wrestle like another like shoot style person. Um, like uh, I don't know if I classify Goto as that, but whenever he like he's had some matches with Goto that sort of slip into that sort of like slapping the shit out of each other style, but this has that like grappling element to it that that stuff doesn't get as much and like they kill it they just like they knock it out of the park whenever there's like sakuraba's putting a submission hold on shibata or anything like that it just is like sublime i love it i love this match yeah it i might go full five if i'm being real <laughs> well you've been the full five queen of the show so i have five stars all around <laughs> i am a simple thumbs up or thumbs down raider um, uh, but yeah it's a it's it's a great uh it is a great match an excellent match good pick by me good pick yeah by very me. good pick and good pick by the people who voted yes uh not that i don't want to see that suzuki nagata match too but now that match also yeah, fucking yeah. slaps people can just watch it on their own time though that is true or you I should just... watch that match if you're listening yeah. and you haven't seen it. You've probably seen it. Yeah. All right, folks. We can wrap it up here. Sylvie, why don't you plug your many uh, podcasts and projects? Yeah. Well, if you yeah, if you wanted to hear me on more podcasts, I'm on uh, Friends of the Table. That's friendsofthetable.net. It's a tabletop role-playing game podcast. We're doing a sci-fi season right now. It's pretty fun. You can just start at the beginning of that season if you want to check it out. Uh, it's called Partisan. I should mention that part. Uh, I also have a podcast called Emoji Drome where we review emoji. That's that's it's a it's as deranged as it sounds. Um, and yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Sylvie Surfer. Um, it's a great handle. Thank you. But that's uh, all my plugs, I think. All right. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Russell Omakase. Uh, wrestling, of course, would not fit. Folks, thank you for listening. Um, I want to send a special thank you again to the people who have made the first month on the Patreon a huge success. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. It's, I mean, it's been more people than I ever thought would sign up for my fucking stupid Patreon. So they- It's really gratifying, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. we had that experience with Emoji Drome, and it's like, oh, people like our stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not like... You know, I'm not exactly going to be able to buy a boat with it or anything, but like, just I I will say it's probably like double what I expected. So I really appreciate it. Thank you if you're listening to this and you've signed up. If you haven't signed up, uh, it's www.patreon.com/slash wrestling omakase. Like I said earlier, wait until July 1st uh, to do it. Just you know, I, you don't have to pay me twice. It's totally fine. Just pay the one time, and you'll get access to all the stuff we did this month in June. All the stuff we're going to do in July. If you enjoy these five matches episodes, it'll be the either the only place to get it in July, or we might do like one on the free fee, but they're not going to be every week anymore. So, what is the free fee going to be next week? We're bringing back something I had debated over and over again um, whether to do it, whether or not to do it this year. But I kind of want to do it just to see what the results will be. Our our third annual mid year awards, which uh, you know. Should be interesting this year since, you know, someone told me it'll be the January and February awards, but, like, there has been other wrestling since February. I mean, you know, 
Not all of it's been good, but it has existed. <laughs> and it's not ethical either, but it, it, it's oh, existed. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we'll talk about it. We'll do the mid-year awards. Uh, that's what we're going to do. I have a ton of guests lined up uh, from the Voices of Wrestling Network and website. So, you know, I, I should have had that in front of me of who's going to be on, but I don't. So it's a bunch of people. <laughs> that's, that's the answer. Um, but, yeah, so we're doing that next week. So look out for the return of the mid-year awards here on the free feed. Uh, In the meantime, thank you as always for listening, and we'll see you next time.